Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Unfolded Hearts Talk, a production of Unfolded Hearts Ministries, a nonprofit organization of biblical counsel and spiritual formation, a ministry dedicated to equipping, encouraging, and teaching. You can find us on the web at www.unfoldedhearts.org. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. We have a special guest. We're excited about Marissa Shadrach today. She's an encourager at heart, and Marissa has served for many years in formal ministry, and in spite of her love for God and people, she struggled with fear until God transformed her fear to faith. Her path to freedom has become her signature mission to help women find grace in the midst of brokenness. Marissa is also a blogger and award-winning speaker, and you can find her at her virtual home at marissashadrick.com. Well, today we're going to be talking about Find Your Voice, and it's also our story, Marissa's story, we're going to learn lots of our stories as well, though, may seem to be too broken for God's kingdom purposes, and fear wants us to live our lives from a distance, silently. God, however, can use our imperfect lives for his perfect plan. Your God's story matters. To release your voice of faith and share God's gift of hope with others. Well, we welcome you today, Marissa. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. It's an honor for me. Thank you. Well, this is awesome. I do think this is a very common thread that we find. Um, but we're, I'm interested. Just go ahead and jump in with your story and share with our listeners, um, you know, how you discovered this and you know, just kind of unpack this a little bit for us. I, I really think you're right when you say this. This is a common thing that we share among women. And, you know, we understand uh, insecurities and fear. And oftentimes there's so much that we want to do for the Lord, yet something holds us back when we feel a little bit insecure, a little bit vulnerable. And our voice wow, that's what we have as communication to be able to talk to people. And it begins at home. It begins with families and communication with our marriages and in parenting and how we talk with our kids. And then it branches out. But somehow we get stuck as women and we want to share, but we think we're either not enough or we're too much or our lives are just seems like they're too broken, and let me tell you, none of us have it all together. <laughs> none of us have it all together, but yet, <laughs> yeah. but yet God can use us where we are with our imperfect lives because he has a perfect plan, and he uses ordinary people like you and I to share what we know and where we're at and just basically share what's broken, how God has intervened, and how my life is different. And that can be different for a lot of people. Some do it in the church. Some do it by writing articles. Others do public speaking. You're doing it through radio and broadcast. There's different ways of doing it. And I think it's what we all need. We need to know that we've got those common struggles and that there is hope. There is hope on the other side of that fear and that insecurity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now this is interesting that you say that – 
you had found yourself in ministry, but yet you still had this fear. So how did that happen? I mean, how was it that you even said yes to it? Or did you discover halfway through? Or um, what, paint that picture for us. Well, when I was started in ministry, when I became a Christian, you know, I, I completely fell in love with Jesus and full feet in and was just immersed in the word. And, of course, you start going to church, and I shortly... Uh, after that, I found a Christian man. We were married and started our family. And ministry kind of started out of the need of small church. You know, you go to a small church and everybody helps out in some way or another because there's just not enough helpers. And, of mm-hmm. course, since I had children, I started with children's ministry. And you kind of you kind of grow in the ministry as your kids grow. You start in the, in the child care, the mm-hmm. baby care, and the cribs, and then you kind of move on as they move on. And, and yeah. it, it's kind of something that evolves, that you don't really plan. But at the same time, I was very comfortable with children because they didn't feel very threatening. But don't have me talk in front of other adults where I could be criticized or judged or maybe they'll find out how I don't measure up somehow. That is a different story. And yet that's where God was calling me. And I thought, well, I'm really comfortable where the kids are. But the kids start growing up, too. (laughs) So they start getting older. (laughs) And I realized from the very different ministries that I was doing, I realized that I was getting stuck, that I wasn't really being myself. And I was more or less trying to, to hide behind, I think, Really, in reality, God was calling me into more of a leadership role where I just kind of wanted to stay behind the scenes and be more of a servant and kind of blend in with the mm-hmm. walls. But I realized it mm-hmm. wasn't healthy. It wasn't a healthy thing. So for everybody, that's going to look a little different. But if you feel you're holding back in whatever place God has put you and you feel like there's more that God wants you to do for for some reason you're stepping back, you're staying silent, you want to blend in with the walls, you don't want to move forward because you have this this fear, then that's probably a good indication that God wants to remove those obstacles. And you may not even know what the other side looks like. If somebody would have told me years ago, you're going to be writing and doing public speaking, I would have said, no way, that's not me. That's the, the wrong channel. You know, that's for somebody else, not for me. Because there was, and yeah. if God would have said that to me, I would have said, God, are you sure you have the right number? Yeah, are you sure you have Marissa? Or are you talking to somebody else? Because it just did not seem like something that would fit with all the fears that I had. And so my fears started from when I was very young. You know, it had a broken family, a lot of insecurities, and there was abuse. Uh, there was all these things, and you end up with these broken stories, and we all have broken stories. And somehow mm-hmm. if we don't acknowledge the broken stories and bring it to the foot of the cross, they replay. They stay in our subconscious, but somehow they, they replay little segments of it, and we don't even realize it. So one of the first things that really helped me was admitting and acknowledging that I had these fears because nobody wants to admit they're fearful. I mean, gee, who wants to admit you're a cowardly lion? You know, it just it's not very mm-hmm. flattering. But I had to admit because it wasn't necessarily God who wanted to expose all the yuckiness and go, oh, look, he wanted to meet the need. He wanted to begin to heal. And it was a process. And so I decided, you know, I, I kind of got sick of being fearful. I got tired of it. 
and I said, you know what, I gotta, I gotta live the way God intended me to live. He created me, and I, I need to tap into who I am in Christ. I mean, really and truly. And so I would take small steps, and that's why I, I love the, the phrase childlike steps because it felt that way. It felt a little wobbly. It felt a little scary. One tiny little step, another little step, and pretty soon the gap, that big fear gap, started getting smaller and smaller and smaller because I started realizing what God was doing in me and identifying with who I was with him. Does that make sense? Um, it does to me. Um, yep, I'm just taking notes as you're talking too. And I think a lot of our listeners, especially women, because what I what I think sometimes is as women, uh, I have found um, is that sometimes we might not always know the wor- how to put things into words and how we're feeling and identifying with it. And I really feel that you're doing that for um, many of the listeners today, and and how um, and how they're feeling. And so I think that this is. Really, really awesome. So can you tell us a little bit more? It's funny, too, let me just say, um, because I do think in this hour, uh, you know, during this time, unique time in history that we're in, that God is going to be calling forth women and his people, all of his church, you know, men and women, naturally all hands on deck. But he is going to be calling us to move into places of leadership. I do agree with that. And we don't always know what it looks like, but we do know whatever it is he put inside of us is bigger than what we could do on our own. And uh-huh. living in the city of living in the city of Charlotte, I happen to be. Um, most people know Billy Graham is came out of this region and this area. I happen to be at the library um, that they have um, for him the uh, last week, and it was his birthday. And um, but they have a little tombstone, and what made me think of it is. Um, they had this little tomb, headstone tomb um, that they recently had put on the grounds for Ruth. And I was down at the mm-hmm. end of the path, and I turned to take a picture because it's a really beautiful path. And I realized the brick path was across. And this, tomb, this headstone was laying, she was laying at the foot of the cross. Mm. Wow. That's so maybe awesome. you can help, because I... Yeah, and I like how you say your fear gap, so like our resilience, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. how, how did you start to close this in, and what can, how can I put some, um, like, practical application to this, you know, uh, regarding, you know, someone's their own insecurity or, you know, fear of judgment or even fear of failure um, or just feeling stuck well, and not being able to that, put that into it. That's a great question because I, I really do want to make this pra- practical because sometimes we can live from cliche to cliche and really from scripture to scripture and not really know how to apply it. And the application is so important. And for me, the analogy came way back uh, when I was, the way I was eating, I was trying to eat very healthy and not, and really avoid uh, toxic foods. And I was doing a lot of studies with that for a while. And, and I Pretty much still, I mean, for years, I tried to eat really healthy, and I became, uh, it was a season where I was becoming more aware of toxic foods and how healthy certain things were, and God used that as an analogy for me to be able to realize mm-hmm. that it's not just the food, but it's the thoughts that can be toxic as well. And so I started realizing, wow, I'm not just talking about fear, I'm talking about entire health, physical, emotional, mental, we are body, soul, and spirit. And so all of a sudden, my focus 
on food expanded. And I started realizing, gee, I want to be completely healthy. It's not just a matter of the food because, let's face it, if we've got toxic thoughts, that's going to affect our physical health as well. And the studies have shown that. There's experts that say that, that the toxic thoughts and negativity, the um, just the pessimism, all of those things is just plain not physically healthy for us. And it, it knots us up. So that started that journey, and I started realizing, trying to catch the thoughts that didn't align with God. So what I did, it sounds really um, super simple and super crazy, and I'll share this. I had this set of bracelets. There were probably about, I don't know, eight or nine set of bracelets that they they clanked a lot. It's one of those noisy ones, and I hardly ever wore it because it made so much noise. But I decided <laughs> to wear those bracelets, and I put those bracelets on my my left arm, and they made so much noise. And fortunately, I, I work at home, and I decided, well, the noise alone reminds me to take captive every thought. And so every time I would have a thought, and you know when it's a negative, toxic thought, because you feel it physically. Either you feel the anxiety or you feel the tightness, you know, in your stomach. And you know it because you can feel, it doesn't feel like peace. It feels the opposite. And so I would then stop for a moment, and I believe there's power in the pause, where you just pause, be still, and know that I am God. And I would pause and I'd go, what am I thinking about here? What am I thinking about that's causing this? Because, see, I was, I was really responding to the emotion to figure out what the thought mm-hmm. was, because the thought always triggers the emotion. So at that point, I would break it down and figure out what I was thinking and where it went wrong. Where, where do I need to realign or readjust my thinking? And then I would move one of the bracelets to my right arm. And I would condition myself. Every time I start feeling anxiety, I would stop, power the pause, stop. And I don't mean stop very long. I'm just talking a few seconds. And begins to say, mm-hmm. oh, what am I thinking right now? What is going on in my mind? And then I go, wait, that's not true. No. That's, and I would think of a scripture that would change that fear to faith. Even though I may have not completely felt it, but I was acknowledging this is wrong thinking, this is right thinking. And then I did that for probably two or three weeks, and that's all it took for, to create a habit. And usually they say you need four to six weeks for a habit. But for me, I was so determined to change the way I was thinking so that I wouldn't be so fearful that I used those bracelets kind of like a cue for me that whenever I started feeling, and I knew those bracelets were there because it made a lot of noise, but as soon as I had a negative thought, I would grab a bracelet and said, what am I thinking about here? I would stop, I would pause, I'd be still and know that God is God, and I would acknowledge the thought. And I'm going, wait a minute, I'm thinking about something that is just either presumption or imagination or a scenario I'm creating that's not even real, and then I would hang on to what was true, and then I would switch over to my right brain. That was a very practical thing that I actually did, and it helped me a lot. Another thing you can do is, you know, you can journal. You can journal the thoughts that you're feeling, and then you can write a scripture or something that will offset that, and you realize that really the things that you're thinking, most of them, because we have so many thoughts that go through our our brain every day and every minute. It's amazing. And that's why I love those scriptures. I, I love 
Uh, Philippians 4.8 that says, fix your thoughts on what is true and what's honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And most of the time, we're not. We're thinking about other things, you know. And so if Mm -hmm. we can just catch it, if we can begin to just catch it first and realize that we're doing it, that's the path we want to go on. And then that gap I was talking about, that, that huge gap gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And the turnaround time for you to acknowledge it gets shorter as well. It may be, it may have taken you, have you ever had some anxiety and two days, three days later, you're still worrying about this, something's coming up and you're worrying about it? Well, it's not going to take you two or three days to change that thinking around. The gap gets smaller and you can begin to realize, oh, wait, I'm, I'm drifting again. Let me realign myself again. And then you realign, align yourself with Christ. It really is the renewing of the mind. But you're taking it, you're being very intentional about capturing that thought that is not correct. And you begin to see small progress. It doesn't happen overnight. And we still, even when we get into the habit of doing this, there'll be a new scenario, a new thing that happens, a relative that gets sick, something that goes on in life, you lose a job, whatever it might be that will cause anxiety. And so a different scenario, you've got to do it again. You know, you've got to come to that place but you create the habit of doing that and capturing those thoughts. And then you realize, wait a minute, peace isn't an emotion. Peace is a person. It's Jesus Christ. We're stopping, we're pausing, we're being still, knowing that he is God. We're aligning ourselves with Jesus. The Holy Spirit does a wonderful job about revealing what it is, the root cause of things, and then we sense that freedom. The insecurity turns to freedom. That feeling of insignificance, then we have purpose. That fear becomes faith. You begin to transform. I think it's in, um, let me look real quick here, in Romans, Romans 12, 2. I'll read it to you out of the New Living. It says, uh, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world. Boy, we need that today, don't we? But let that (laughs) transform you into a new person By changing the way you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. See, once he's changing the way we think and changing, removing those toxic thoughts and getting healthy thoughts and aligning ourselves with Christ, then all of a sudden we don't have all this clutter, all this toxic stuff. We begin to see what his will is for us. We begin to step into that leadership or that place where he wants us because those other things aren't holding us down anymore. See what I'm saying? It's kind of like um, RAM memory in a computer. You only have so much RAM memory, but when you begin to eliminate some things and free up space, then you have space and room for something new. And it's the same way. If we're just completely filled up like a glass with all kinds of toxic fluid there's no room and so we've got to eliminate all that toxic stuff to make room for what god is trying to grow us into i hope that makes sense Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes it does and i like the way that you say you have to be intentional about it just like you would when you're eating food or trying to eliminate foods um, that aren't Mm -hmm. good for you may you may be tempted to eat them or drawn to them because it's a um 
you know, because of maybe out of, um, you know, a soulish desire, maybe just to pick something up and eat it or whatever, you know, like my downfall is donuts, you know, and, um, Mm -hmm. but, but you have to be intentional about, um, about doing that. And that's what I really like about this. And so I like, I like that you had a visual daily um, on you and that you were participating with your own intention, you know, and um, putting that even before the Lord. Did you find that when you say that um, the Holy Spirit or the Lord will show you what the root cause is? Do you feel, do you, um, did you discover to learn that the Lord did that or did you pursue him in asking the Holy Spirit, what is the root here? Absolutely, I asked. I I asked to, and I wasn't even sure what to ask for, but I said, I know I'm messed up, and so I need to find, I need to find freedom. I wanted freedom, and I wanted peace, so much true freedom. I mean, I didn't want, I wanted to be able, if God said, I want you to do this, Marissa, I wouldn't hesitate, and I said, yes, yes, Lord, I'll do it. And so I wanted that kind of freedom. And so, and I knew I was carrying things, I didn't have to carry because Christ already nailed it to the cross. And so we often carry so much that Christ has already nailed to the cross to give us that freedom and that abundant life. And I, you know, if I carried it, it's like what Christ did on the cross meant nothing. And so I, I felt almost a conviction to find this path of healing because Christ paid such a huge price for me. Why am I carrying this that you've already nailed to the cross? And so it became something that I asked for, that I wanted, and I wanted that freedom. And I didn't want my insecurities and my fear passed on to my children either. Because then I realized it's not just my problem. It's not my problem. Because we end up influencing, you know, the people around us by the way that we are. And so this has been, you know, a long journey for me, but it's gotten better and better and in the last 10 years, I would say, or maybe even the five years, it really, I mean, the Holy Spirit and God really started fine-tuning some stuff. And that's where I was able to eliminate some of the toxicity, and then God was bringing in something new that could potentially create the insecurity again. Because remember, if, if God starts leading into something new you've never done again, you've never done before, you can start feeling a little vulnerable and a little insecure. So you don't want to fall back to your old habits. You want to continue to move forward. And so with the new thing that God was doing in me, it was an opportunity to continue to press and practice the things that helped me to walk in obedience and in faith. And for everyone, that's different. Some people love memorizing scripture. Some people like journaling. I used bracelets because I needed something physical that I could actually move from my left arm to my right arm. And, you know, whatever would work for you, but intention is important. And like you said, with food or diet, we become intentional and we have a plan. This is, I'm going to go to the grocery store. This is what I'm going to buy. This is what I'm going to eat this week. It's the same thing when we're trying to spiritually detox and we're trying to really find peace in Jesus Christ because peace is not an emotion, it's in a person. So when we have a plan and we become intentional, you're really saying, I am aware that there is an issue and I know Christ can help me in this. And so I'm going to walk it and I'm going to be intentional about allowing God to transform me and transform the way I think. Because I'll, I'll tell you, the way we think 
in the first seven years of my Christian life, it was hitting that. Like sometimes I have great weeks, sometimes I have bad weeks, sometimes I'd be fearful, sometimes I felt like I was, you know, mighty and strong and empowered, and, and but it was never consistent. And so, you know, I I struggled my first seven years of being a Christian, going, why can't I figure this out? And I kept trying to figure it out. And it's not that we figure it out. He's he's done it all. That's why self confidence is such a, a a delusion because our confidence is in Christ. And so uh, after that seven years, I had read a book by Nancy Missler, and I think it might have been Be Transformed or something like that. I don't remember exactly the title. But she was talking about the thoughts, and I was trying to change the behavior. And see, where you start is in the thoughts, because the thoughts stir those emotions. Remember when I was saying when you're feeling anxious, you got to stop and figure out what you're thinking? So your thoughts stir your emotions, whether they're good emotions, happy, or if it's anxiety, or if it's anger, whatever it might be, your thoughts, what you're thinking right now is stirring emotions. And then your emotions, depending on what those are, negative or positive, are actually persuading you to make a decision. You're either going to be decide to be afraid, or you're going to decide to line up to what truth is, or you're going to decide to be angry, or you're going to decide, you know, it's not that big of a deal. I'm going to forgive that person. At that point, when those emotions are being stirred, you're making a decision which way you're going to go. And then after you make that decision, then you see the outcome of it. You either say something or you do something. It's, it's the actual reaction that follows that. So it's thoughts that stir your emotions. The emotions influence your choices, and then your choices lead to your actions. And I was trying to change the actions without changing the thinking. And that's why I was thinking this for seven years, up and down, up and down, up and down, because you can't change the actions. You've got to go deeper, and that's why we need the Holy Spirit to help us find the roots. So if we can work backwards and go, okay, my, my reactions or my actions are always this way, I'm actually reacting and I'm not responding to the Holy Spirit. So let me work backwards. If my actions are this way and they're negative, okay, what kind of decision did I make to create those actions? That decision, what kind of emotions did I have that caused me to make that decision? And then the emotions, what kind of thoughts did I have? So you kind of have to, if you do reverse engineering, it always leads back to your thoughts. It always leads back to your thoughts. And so that's why I love the scriptures about the renewing of the mind because that really is where the liberty is and the freedom is and the excitement. That's where the excitement in our journey with Jesus becomes so, it's like vivid color. It's like living in black and white and all of a sudden you're living in full, high-definition color and beautiful colors. And God has so much for his women. There's so much that God wants to do with his women. And I really think that God's women, I, I don't even think we've begun yet to do all that God has for us. And I think we are created in a way because the way we care, our nurturing heart, we have so much to contribute. And I'd love to see women be able to just say, oh, forget it, fear, I'm not going to let you, you know, because what we think about becomes our master. And if we start letting fear be our master, we're no longer serving Christ, we're serving fear. 
And that's how I felt. I felt like, you know, fear, I'm not going to serve you anymore. I'm serving Jesus Christ. He is my Lord and Savior. He's who's the person I'm going to serve, not you. And so each time I would make that decision, no fear, you're not my master. And I would serve the Lord. And little by little, when I started seeing what God was doing in me and how he was helping me encourage others, it was something that I just, like I said, from black and white to full full color in, in high definition. And I said, my goodness, I want to make sure that women don't wait as long as I did to find that freedom because the freedom is available for every single one of you. And every single one of you listening, God has a plan and a purpose for you. He loves you. You have so much so much to offer, and we shortchange ourselves. We either say we don't have enough or we have too much. Examples of don't have enough, okay? You don't have enough yeah. skills. You don't have enough money or you don't have enough time or for business people. You don't have enough business experience. Or we say we're too much, you know? Uh, we're too much of a dreamer or we're too impractical or too much of a procrastinator or you're too young or you're too old. Let me tell you, you are not too old or you're not too young. So, and people think, well, I know, I knew with the Lord, you know, God uses everyone. God can use children, you know. So it's like, really, we have no excuse. God wants to use us. He created us for a purpose. And, you know, if we say, well, we don't have enough, we're not too much. Yeah, we don't do it on our own. It's all Christ that does it through us anyway. You know, we don't do it. And so that's why I was saying self-confidence is kind of, you know, it's a term that I kind of find uncomfortable because really the confidence is in Christ. It's when God asks us to do something, it's our confidence as well. If you ask me, then obviously you're going to empower me and equip me and show me how to do it because I have no clue. And he does. We start walking in that direction and the result is totally up to him. The increase is totally up to him, whatever he wants to do with it. We All our part is is to do it and then let him take care of the rest. Yeah, that's good. We are co-laborers with him and co-heirs, you know, and certainly he's not going to ask us or even give us those um, desires to do that. You know, he, he is, you know, he says, my thoughts I think towards you are of peace and your welfare in a future. You know, those are his thoughts. Um, towards us, and I know a lot of verse, versions um, scriptures say he knows his plans that he has for us. But if you look mm-hmm. at that, it says his thoughts for you. And so it's good to remind ourselves sometimes that um, you know through our anxiety, and as we're walking through this and practical steps that Marissa has given us, is that the Lord's not thinking those things towards you that you are thinking towards yourself. He has thoughts of peace and of your hope and what your future is. And, sh- and I love that you said, no fear, um, you're not my master. I love that you would just say that out loud, you know, because yeah. uh, it really is a, it really is establishing something where the truth is and the understanding. And then um, it brings, it's bringing your, you know, soul into alignment with where the truth is, really. So exactly. Exactly. That's beautiful. And, and one of my motivations, and I, I think of this a lot, you know, because our, our lives, I mean, we have eternity, right? And we focus so much on the earthly, but this is just, a, this is just a, a vapor. This is just a short time that we're here on earth. Eternity we're going to spend with Christ, you know, and that's the beautiful thing about 
being, you know, a Christian and having Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And someday we're going to see him. And I'll tell you, I don't know if this was because of my anxiety roots or my fear or whatever, (laughs) but I would think about the time, the first time I would see Jesus. And, you know, I I, I kept thinking, you know, if he asked me, so what did you do with what I gave you? You know, and for me to say, well, I didn't follow through because I was afraid didn't seem like a good excuse to me, you know, in the simplest terms. didn't seem like a good excuse. I wanted to be able to face Jesus someday and say, Jesus, I did everything that I could. You know, I, I, even if I was shaking in my knees, you know, I did everything that I felt you called me to do because I wanted to be obedient, because I love you, and because I love other people. And I don't know if I did it right. I don't know if I did it well, but I gave it my best. You know, and I want to be able to someday to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Wouldn't you love to hear that? Well done, good and faithful yeah. servant. Because yeah. he's not asking us yeah. to do it perfectly. He's just, he's just asking us to do it. And so we just do it. And then we let him bless it and do whatever he wants to do with it. So, I mean, to me, I mean, that's a picture that I, I look forward to someday seeing Jesus. And so while I'm here on earth in this temporary state that I'm in, you know, I want to do the best that I can to honor him. And those, the fear, the anxiety, and all of that was something that was in my way. It was really terrible. I mean, when I was uh, younger and I had my first child, I had so much anxiety in the hospital, just had the baby. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, how am I going to be a mother? I don't know anything about babies. They're going to trust me with this baby? I, I need... I need, like, and at that time it was VHS, I need some videotapes or something. I need training. How are they going to, and I had all this anxiety about being a new mom. And I literally called the nurse. I said, I need books. I need videos. I need something because what if I kill this baby? I don't know how to take care of a baby. And she, and she literally brought in a TV set with VH tapes and stuff and started playing. But I had so much anxiety over everything. It was really bad (laughs) but God was showing me you know I'm not going to call you into motherhood if I'm not going to equip you to do it you know it was like God's not cruel that way he doesn't say well I want you to do this but you know you're on your own I'm not going to help you and I'm not going to equip you or anoint you or anything you're going to have to figure it out on your own that's not the kind of God we serve that's not the kind of God Mm -hmm. we serve he loves us he loves us and uh, it's wonderful to partner with him in ministry and it's a joy and it's rewarding and we feel so much fulfillment. And it could be just simply, like I said, beginning in your own home and having peace. Your home needs to be your sanctuary. It needs to be your sanctuary for your family. You know, and so that's where you can begin in the home and let it be that sanctuary of peace. And for those of you that have uh, small kids or teenagers, it becomes that sanctuary, and pretty soon before you know it, all the kids are coming over to your house because they they feel that, let's say, the the, the uh, absence of all that, the stress that the world has. And that's the kind of environment you want physically, and but you want it spiritually in yourself first. You want mm-hmm. to have a sanctuary in yourself, you know. And so anyway, it was one of the things that, like I said, it doesn't happen overnight, but we can work towards that and we can see progress along the way. And pretty soon we'll look back and the things that used to really, you know, throw us for a loop and make us really nervous or anxious 
they no longer have that hold anymore. And we begin to, to really live freedom. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. Yes, that's awesome. Well, you did a really good job in unpacking that and helping um, our listeners and myself just for some added tools. Um, and very practical according to the word. I just thank you for just being so authentic with your story and really just a delight to hear <laughs> you share your story. Could you tell our listeners, um, speaking of those at home, how they can contact you? And some, some of your listeners, I realize you may not be, you actually may be listening from iTunes, so you can't see anything that's printed on the Blog Talk um, program page. So just um, if you could... Um, go ahead and give your, I, I didn't spell it out how to find you, but so how they can find some added resources or connect with you or get on your blog. Absolutely. I, my virtual home is my name, marissashadrick.com, and that's M-A-R-I-S-A-S-H-A-D as in dog, R-I-C-K.com. And there I have some resources that people can download. I, I do have some resources on uh, fear and transforming fear to faith, and I'm going to have some more resources in, uh, coming up in the new year. And so they can, they can connect there. And what they'll receive, also they'll receive um, a video devotional on Mondays, an inspirational quote on Wednesdays, and on Friday I write a blog post, an article. So just to let them know when um. to anticipate it. And usually the video devotional is really short, really, really short. They're only Uh like about a minute and a half to two minutes. And it's just something to kind of kickstart the week. Yeah. Well, you know, the word says, um, as you were talking this whole time, I was thinking of the word that says, um, you know, encourage each other daily and speaking psalms, hymns, and um, and it says, you know, and because I think that does have to do with our minds that we encourage each other because we're instilling courage. And, um, but it says so that you won't be deceived because I think we easily can be deceived in our thoughts. So I just want to thank you for being such a great encouragement today and to every listener, whether they're listening, um, today is November 11th, whether you're listening today or in the future, I just, I think this will be a resounding encouragement that is going through the airwaves and it'll just knock the prince of this air off of his throne. <laughs> and I, I, I tell my girlfriend, I love to put static and um, that's one reason why I like to do the blog talk is I like to put static in the prince of this air and speak truth into it <laughs> and reverse things. And, you know, yeah, and I heard this um, uh, little quote uh, of a teaching. It says, some things are better caught than taught. And it's, and I like that, um, and I think your teaching can be caught. And it's, we have to take those thoughts captive and catch them. And, again, like you said, um, put them into Philippians 4, um, 8, and, and, you know, transform it to try to distill what is truth about this, what is honorable about this thought. Um, could you pray for our listeners before we end? Absolutely, I'd love to. Lord Jesus, thank we you. just thank you for this time. We thank you for this time. We thank you for every single person listening. And I pray, Lord, I know it's just, I wish I could hug each person listening, but Lord Jesus, you can touch them. You are there in the midst of them. You know exactly what they need. You know exactly what struggles they are facing. 
you know their home situation, their work situation, you know everything, and you created them beautifully. You created them beautifully because what you create is wonderful. So I pray, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, that you would begin to work in each individual, that you begin to be the Prince of Peace in their lives, that you begin to help them purge those toxic thoughts, to recognize the things that do not align with you, to begin to walk in freedom and liberty, to begin to just be filled with your presence and with your power, that you would raise them up, Lord, for such a time as this, to be able to use their voice, to be able to release the goodness of God through the things that they say or the things that they write or the things that they share. And God, may you be glorified in all of it. May it just be a wonderful, wonderful season of growth and spiritual awakening, Lord. We just thank you for what you're going to do in each and every one of us, Lord. We thank you that your mercies are new every day and that you have a purpose and plan for each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I just felt even an establishing in the spirit while you were praying, so thank you for that. And thank you, Marissa, again for joining us today and sharing your authentic and transformed story of faith, um, just really in just a very sincere and authentic way. Um, We do appreciate your time and honor you for being with us today. Thanks so much. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. And thank you, listeners, once again for joining us. And um, until next time, may peace and grace be multiplied to you. Blessings.